episode of fade us back after one week off whole lot of stuff going on in the sports world now compared to the last time we talked with you as always myself the square we have johnny parlays frankie overs and the godfather fellas we're going to start off with uh a new segment kind of we're going to bring in every week and i can't remember who said it it might have been you godfather but the name of the segment get fucked and this week, the person or group getting fucked, I guess, is Rob Manfred or the NBA or the MLB. Who are we going with? Well, I think we just got to keep it. Well, we can do Rob Manfred and the MLB as a whole. It was Rob Manfred with the unofficial get fucked the last time we were here to talk. Uh, you would think in the last two right. weeks since we've spoken that maybe they've made some advancements and have kind of gotten some things together to be able to have a season. Every turn they make, it just sounds like they're getting further and further from a deal, and it doesn't sound like we're going to have baseball at all. And Rob Manfred is just ruining that league, and uh, he can get fucked. You know, that's that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you guys are following it much closely than I am. I just look at every a tweet once a day, like, are we having baseball? Nope, still no baseball. So, Rob Manfred, uh, I'm giving you the finger right here, buddy. Get fucked. So, real quick, a little bit of backstory. That's fucking um, this is all, not all, but a, a, a big part of it is because of him coming out and saying during the MLB draft, I'm 100% confident we're going to have a season. And then like a week later saying. I'm it was not, five days and then yeah. he, he, five days and he walked his word back. I'm not 100% confident that we will have a season. So that, this is why he's the topic of get fucked this week. Yeah, man, it's just shitty, and all and all the owners too, man. Like it's like they're 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 just negotiating in all bad faith. Like they're just trying to play the least amount of games fucking possible and wait till the last possible day for the players to think, okay, fucking fine. And it's and that's shitty. It's so stupid. Just get fucked. God damn it. And that and that thing too, it, it um, it's it's all about the owners that like Manfred is stalling too. Like it, it's all about. They want to play the least amount of games, but the owners can also get the max amount of revenue that they'll get if yeah. they played 48 games and then playoffs, which I don't know if the playoffs would be extended or not mm-hmm. or anything. But it's another thing with Rob Manfred, aside from the owner's perspective, is that he he just doesn't seem like – Bud Selig, for example, I, I was growing up, I didn't – necessarily know who Bud Sealig was. Like, I knew he was commissioner, but didn't know his accomplishments. But he did a lot for the game. He kind of got walked over by the players a little bit. But um, 
which is maybe why some of us have a harder stance on Manfred. And I'm not giving Manfred a break at all, but it just doesn't seem like he genuinely, like, enjoys, like, baseball. Like, some people here, right. I could give you – there was some tweet that maybe Adam Jones or someone even threw out, like, Terry Francona, which he would never be the commissioner of baseball. But we, the problem with baseball is that there are people up top in baseball who don't like baseball, and it's hurting the future of the sport. And uh, – Actually, Frank, I don't know. Do you like the Indians or the Phillies? Um, I, I I enjoy both. Like, those are my two teams. I would pick the Phillies over them, but that's just the roots yeah. of me talking. But I've been to way more Indians games than Phillies games. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, for example, as, as all of us are Indians fans here, one huge topic of discussion that's been the topic since basically the last season ended is the – saga with Francisco Lindor that that like how contracts are going to work if the season doesn't happen has not been addressed at all and me personally at this point I would wrap it for Frank I would as much as I would love to have baseball and maybe in like a couple days or so I'll change my mind I would almost them not play and like in a way delay the contracts so we at least get maybe like another full year of Francisco Lindor because there's going to be so much backlash going towards Manfred um, because of this and the 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 problem is too is that I think the owners have way too much power which uh, you could say the same thing in all sports but I think it's especially prevalent in baseball Manfred's just some brain dead puppet who just drools out of his mouth when when he's confronting Tony Clark who's the MLB MLB PA president so I don't know like what Manfred has done in the past five days is cataclysmic to the president of baseball um I think regardless of what happens if they play 48 or not uh the CBA expires after next season I think the players are almost certainly going to strike so we're going to be in the same position again with the shortened season and I mean, now it'll be almost like less than two years. So, Rob Manfred, get fucked. He's an absolute dumbass. And then another absolute dumbass who can get fucked is an honorable mention is uh, beat reporter John Heyman. And I know the square knows this too, but maybe he could touch on it a little bit too after he has Manfred thoughts. But both of those people can absolutely get fucked. Can I jump in real quick here, Johnny? You, we're about to make a little bit of a comparison uh, with Manfred to Bud Selig. When we, we were younger, we don't know a lot about what Bud Selig did behind uh, the scenes for baseball when we were growing up. But just look at Rob Manfred, who he has to work around as far as the other major league sports in the United States what Adam Silver has done and what Gary Bettman have done to make sure that they're going to finish up the season and award, well, not finish up the regular season, but get to the playoffs and still award a champion in the middle of a pandemic. And then recently Roger Goodell, who has come out and said, you know, we handled things with Black Lives Matter four years ago. We were handling it improperly. We did that. We admit that now. It takes a lot to make Roger Goodell look good and rob manfred has somehow figured it out i sent you guys a meme a few minutes ago it's got you know a few south park characters and 
it's you can probably put the pieces together but rob manfred just he is just he just needs to get fucked <laughs> that's all i can say see i don't know how much i agree with you guys this might be a little spicy but like i don't think comparing it to the the nba and nhl is fair at all because they're they were in the middle of their seasons so literally they only they had two options either stop or play like the mlb when you have all these extenuating circumstances to deal with and you're basically redoing an entire season that involves weather because you can't play all the time like you can with the NBA or the NHL. They literally had an unlimited amount of time. With the NBA, with the MLB, you have a set time when you have to stop because of weather. There are a lot more extenuating circumstances. So I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare – what Manfred's doing to the commissioners of those other leagues, especially the NFL too, because projecting down the line so far, no one ever had any inkling of a doubt that the NFL season was not going to happen. So they're basically moving ahead. Obviously it's going to be kind of a slow play at the beginning, but they're going to be all business as usual by the end of this, I believe. I believe that more of the blame should be put on the owners because Manfred is basically in an impossible situation. He's like, he, he works for, and, they work for him, I guess. They have, like, a, a symbiotic relationship in the fact where, like, he is their voice, basically. So he's the one on the front line that's taking the blunt of all this. Obviously, when you come out and you say the stuff that he did at the draft and then just completely fall back on it five days later, that looks dumb. But he's representing owners that, Frankie, you said, are negotiating in bad faith right now. They're, they're yep. doing absolutely nothing to, to move forward and to make a deal. And you can't get, you're not going to go call up an owner or no one in the media is going to go to an owner and get comments on what's going on right now. They're going to go to the commissioner. And so he's the one that has to answer to everything. And that's why he looks bad on the surface. But if you look at basically all the players, obviously they get upset with the comments that are being made, but they just want to play and they know that the reason they're not playing is the negotiation part, which is done between owners and the MLBPA. There is Rob Manfred is not, you know, in the, in the negotiating room, he will represent the owners and he will um, act as their one singular voice, but he's not the one that's, you know, sitting down making these demands and things like that. That's more of the, more of the owners that are doing this thing. He's just the mouthpiece for them. So I know he had a, a sit down meeting with Tony Clark. Apparently it went well, but he can't just like go on there and just like speak random bullshit. Like he has to go in there with what the owners are telling him to say. So to a certain extent, yeah, he can go fuck himself, but it's less of him and more of the owners in my opinion because he's basically in an impossible situation right now. He's trying to uh, he's trying to appease really the whole United States selection or whatever you want to fucking say of sports fans because that's the only thing that we don't have coming back yet. And so he's really just in an impossible situation where the owners could make some sacrifices up front that would benefit them down uh, down the road in the long run, and they've just failed to do that so far. Yeah, it's just shit. The owners yeah. just keep moving the fucking goalposts, and they 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 like we could have baseball a month ago, like or or at least had the plan, and like it's just it's just been terrible. They could have had this, this summer. And they they could have had this oh, summer by the balls. Yes, man. Uh, they could have everything. It would have like. And and you you like you could you could have brought so many new fans into baseball, 
Like, like th- this was literally the perfect opportunity to actually grow this game that's so many years behind the ball, and they, they've just dropped every, everything. Because all the states, well, not California, but Florida and Arizona have been pretty lax with uh, the coronavirus oh, yeah. stipulations to begin with. They could have been playing in most of their spring training facilities as home stadiums. Like, they could have figured this out. I, that's why I think them not being in the middle of the season looks worse on them, that they couldn't have figured something out in March and April to have in place to start at the beginning of June. And, and if there was baseball on, I'd be watching it all day. And they just – they lost a lot of money. They lost a lot of money because they just – the owners don't want to pay the players for a full season or whatever they players think they're worth. And you know what me, I was starting to become a casual fan as bad as that sound. I used to love baseball so much. Uh, Every year it was just been losing me and losing me. And then everything with the Astros and now the Yankees, they've they're losing me and they had a chance to get casual fans like me back when no other sports are going on and they just fucked up their chance. So I guess not just Rob Manfred, but the owners as well. Uh, you guys can just get fucked. So, so one sport that is back, and that's enough of us getting angry. We'll, we'll be happy now. No, yeah, let's talk. Nothing. Let's talk about how I won money. <laughs> well, first we'll go to the Johnny's as what he <laughs> his bread and butter, which I lost on today, of course, on a fucking horseshit call. In that EPL game, it is back. VRA is back. Johnny, what what was that game? That was one of the was worst Aston Villa and Sheffield United. Uh, oh my god! They 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 uh, UEFA made technology to fix the problem that <laughs> that we saw today. I, I've still I've read a couple articles. I've yet to hear a valid explanation from a ref because referees usually are available uh, after games. Uh, usually in any of the big leagues over in Europe. But, I mean, if you have an opportunity to look at, look at the video of it for our loyal listeners out there, it, it was one of the most egregious no goals I've ever seen. But it may, might have been the most egregious. Um, obviously cost me and the square money today. Uh, I was at work. I, I – was actually fortunate enough to look at my phone and uh, the square is like, yo, I think we just got fucked over by this. And then you sent the video. I, I, <laughs> I just laugh because it makes, it really makes no sense. But I, it, but in it, in a sense, it's just how 2020 operates. So the, the, the good part is though, is that it's back. I don't know anything about soccer really. I'll tweet when the world cup is on. That's about it. But I knew that we got fucked on that on that goal today. That was terrible. Uh, but Johnny, I have a question. Um, how are they like? Are they playing? Because isn't usually they play like two days a week? Is how that is usually in the regular season. Like, how are they scheduling the games? So you what what usually happens in a domestic season? is like you'll play every uh in the EPL for example you'll play either like Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon or like Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon and then like they'll repeat that for like maybe the first month of the year but then 
you have to mix in like domestic cups and and like champions right which also just say they're going to come back which i've done all betting as well so for this they since they're the last of the big leagues to resume what they're what they have to do is like kind of stay had to first off get everyone on the same number of matches played which is why they're only two games today and then they're doing like the same thing like I described with like the Friday Saturday Sunday so then it's Friday Saturday Sunday next week but then pretty much uh for the rest of the summer they're just going to keep intermixing uh like Wednesday Saturday Wednesday Sunday like that until I believe yeah, maybe like the, the last week in July. But I mean, for, from a betting perspective, because I watch it pretty religiously, it's going to be interesting to see. I think unders are going to become much more of a commodity to hit just because legs are going to be tired. They, I know they just passed a rule that allows five substitutes instead of three. Me personally, I don't know if that really matters because you're playing two you're essentially playing two games in a week for maybe like five weeks straight and that's cutting coming off a three month break and I mean I assume maybe at the end of the year it won't really matter as much maybe the players will finally start to get in their groove again but I don't know I, I'm definitely curious um in terms of this weekend, I know we'll touch on at the end, which I'll give it out. I already have two parlays made and submitted, so I'm I'm ecstatic. Uh, like as you described, it's the bread and butter. Uh, going to the Bundesliga, we have to mention that Frankie and I cashed a parlay on uh, Tuesday. Yes, that was a, that was a that was a good win to have. First parlay hit in about a couple weeks, so. Um, and then hitting the over today, but it's good to be back. I'll say that. And then something else that's back that Godfather you mentioned. You, did you win money on this past weekend? Oh yes, I did. Uh, so our first PGA Tour event back, the Charles Schwab Challenge, was. You know, it, it was shaping up to be kind of a boring finish, but it was really exciting, actually. I uh, had Justin Thomas uh, plus uh, – I think I had him plus 190, my bookie gave him for me, uh, to finish in the top 10. And at the end of Saturday, he was tied for second. And I'm thinking, all right, easy day, coast in tomorrow. We'll get it. He decided to make it interesting and finish tied for 10th. Uh, and I was freaking out the whole day. Because he was staying even par, even par, made a bogey. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose. Birdie. I'm like, all right, just hold on there. And then he bogeyed the last hole uh, to finish plus one for the day, and just by the skin of his teeth, finished at tied for tenth. So I cashed that one in just barely. The rest of the tournament was crazy. Uh, um, Harold Varner the third, he was kicking some ass and then just collapsed on Sunday. Bryson DeChambeau at one point was the solo leader on Sunday, and he collapsed on either 17 or 18, I can't remember which. And it was a ridiculous finish because the Danny Berger and Colin finished tied for first. Uh, and when, and I'll be honest with you, drunk from uh, having a few drinks. Uh, and when Justin Thomas finally solidified it, 
that he was going to stay at tie for 10th. I, I just kind of shut down and shut my brain down, didn't even pay attention. Of course, so it went to a playoff between Danny Berger and Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa with the the most – oh, my gosh, I just feel so bad for the guy. I don't even know how to describe it. The ball did a 360 around the cup. It just would not drop. He bogeyed the hole and gave the win to Danny Berger, who parred the first playoff hole. Seriously, if you watch the replay, it made a complete rotation around the hole and lipped out. So I feel bit, pretty bad for Colin Morikawa, who finished in the solo second spot. Uh, but tomorrow starts a new tournament. We're heading uh, over to Hilton Head Island at Harbortown Golf Links. Uh, this is a tournament I always like to pay attention to that doesn't get a lot of coverage in normal circumstances because it is always the week that follows the Masters. A lot of big names that you know, like Tiger Woods, Phil Nicholson, guys like that, typically don't play in that tournament just because they've been geared up so uh, tightly for the Masters. Once that's over, they take a few weeks off. Well, uh, we still don't have guys like Tiger playing in this one, but it is a course I really like. Uh, I'm fairly familiar with the uh, I've played courses around it. I've never played that course. Uh, I would like to uh, hear very, very soon. Uh, but it is going to be a pretty good tournament, I think. At first, I liked Bryson DeChambeau in it just because of his performance last week. Except right now, if you've noticed him, he put on a ton of winter quarantine and is just trying to murder the golf ball. He might be the long drive winner on the tour this year as far as average distance. Uh, however, this is not a course where a long drive is going to keep you safe. A uh, lot of lot of tree lining, a lot of thick trees, a lot of thick rough. Uh, so his long driving, if it's not accurate, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. So I've got a couple picks for you. Justin Thomas, again, he's one of, I think, one of the most consistent players, although he did kind of screw up on Sunday this past week and he was nearly giving me a heart attack. I'm going to give it to him again to stay in the top 10 at the Heritage. Uh, he's plus 170 of that to stay in the top 10. I've got him. And then I've got Hedvick Yuram at plus 300. If you remember him uh, at the players' tournament that got canceled on the second day of the tournament due to coronavirus, uh, he was leading and leading by far. He had, I think, a 61 on Friday uh, right, right as uh, the cancellation happened. Uh, the players' tournament was going to try to proceed without fans, but then they decided just to end it uh, back in March. Hideki, after that, I think he's probably been staying pretty focused. I like him at plus 300. Uh, if you can get it at those odds, I would take that You know, any day of the week. Hideki is a really good player, really consistent. So those two guys to finish in the top 10, Hideki and Justin Thomas, I think you'll win some money there if you decide to take those. Of course, as as the podcast is named, uh, taking the advice of fading us, that usually has a pretty good track record as well. But since the PGA Tour has been back, I'm 1-0. So, you know, take that or leave it, however you want it. But those are the two guys that I'm going to be riding with uh, this week at RBC Heritage. Yeah, just, I mean, I, I just want to tuck back on the Charles Schwab for just a second. That leaderboard after Saturday was absolutely fucking awesome. So it was ridiculous. I, like, I, right, my, my my buddy just took like just like a quick screenshot of it. Um, the guys who were one back going into Sunday: Gary Woodland, Justin Thomas, Morikawa, Justin Speed. The guys who were three back: Pat Reed, Justin Rose, Rory, DeChambeau. Like like the board was was absolutely crazy. So it was, it was so it was, tight. It was a really. Really, really good start to to the tour coming back. Um, I know I was I was I was pretty locked into most of it. Um, 
I, I haven't, I haven't been able to take a decent look at, um, at, at some of the odds that I like. There's a good chance I'll put Sung JM to finish in the top 10 just because I have to. Um, mm-hmm. but I really like Matsuyama at plus 300. If I can get him at that, I'm definitely taking plus 300 for that. Cause that guy just always seems to be just eight under somehow, um, coming into Saturday or something like that. Um, so I would have to, I would, I would want to look a little bit more, more into the odds there. Um, but I'm excited, man. Golf, golf being back is great. That, that Sunday was super exciting. Like I was, um, in Florida, like, like restaurants and like bars are, are starting to kind of open up. So I was just sitting there Sunday afternoon, drinking some beers and, uh, watching putts fall. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was a great weekend for golf. Godfather, it's going to be an even I, better weekend. This one coming up. Godfather, you mentioned the, I, I watched all of Sunday as well. You mentioned the, Morikawa rim out. I mean, I feel bad for Xander Shoffley with his rim yeah. out on seventeen. Like that was because Xander was, that that killed Xander too, and he, it looked like he was going to run away with it. And then he had mm-hmm. almost the exact same situation happen to him on seventeen in regulation. And you know, uh, you know, I you guys play. You guys know I play a few times a week. It's just this game just fucking sucks, but it's so much fun. <laughs> And, you know, what happened to Xander and what happened to Colin is stuff that all of us are going to experience or have already experienced multiple times. And shit like that just happens. And it's going to continue to happen. And there's just not much we can do about it, you know? That Morikawa kid's fucking good, too. He's yeah, going to he win is. some tournaments. He is. Man, He's really good. Play. Yeah, Johnny, you mentioned Shoffley. That's actually going to be my pick this weekend. 20 to 1. I like him, too. That that's real good odds. Sung Jay, by the way, is plus three thirty to finish in the top ten. So uh, give me that. Definitely good odds there. Um, um wait, square before we dip to the next segment, Godfather, when is uh when's our guy Tiger gonna make his return? See there was a lot of uh conversation that it was going to be this week because his yacht privacy was sailing from Palm Beach to St. Simons Island, Georgia, which is about the halfway point between uh, where he lives and Hilton Head Island. So people were thinking, oh, he's coming back for the Heritage. Tiger's coming back to Harbortown. And we're going to see the black and red on Sunday coming down the last group with the lighthouse in the background. And he just dictates and he's not playing. Uh, if it's me guessing, I don't think we're going to see him until the middle of, the Ju- uh, the middle of July when the memorial is going on. Uh, he never misses the Memorial. That's down in Dublin, Ohio. It's uh, Jack Nicklaus's tournament. Tiger never misses it. I think we'll see him there for, for sure. And I think that could be his first one back. And, you know, as much as I want to see him, I also want to make sure that the big cat is taking care of his back. He's taking care of his knee. He's got his mentals right. So come major season, which is going to be this fall, we're going to have three majors in the fall that he's on top of his game and we could see the Corona slam when Tiger wins all three majors in the Corona season. Hell yes. I like the Corona slam name. Uh, any other, any other, any other this again? anybody else got anything on tap? Um, hopefully Patrick Reed shoots 94 and misses the cut. <laughs> I saw a fake quote of him uh, from a sort a, a uh, a golf account that's all sarcasm. Why can't I think of the satire? It's a satirical golf account, excuse me. Uh, and it has fake quotes on it. And Patrick Reed's was, you know, I really enjoyed the family time at home, but I'm ready to get back to blatantly cheating again. 
which is funny on two fronts because he blatantly cheats and two he and his family fucking hate each other he hasn't spoken to his parents in years what a fucking guy Man, y'all really fucking hate on Pat Reed, that poor guy. What what kind of guy lets his mother-in-law handle his finances? Like, like what good can come of that? What a moron! Jesus, uh, oh, I, I think I think there is some UFC this weekend, but I don't know who's fighting. Yeah, well, Dana fuck or Dana White, he can get fucked too. So. <laughs> Oh, I meant to I ask you guys. I didn't give him enough flack from the last time I watched one of his fucking events. I'll probably watch again, though. I meant to ask you guys. Do we think that Amanda Nunez could maybe fight a dude in the <laughs> UFC? Eat his ass. Yeah, yeah probably. probably. a question for Square. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't think so? No. People say the same thing about Ryan. Not even like Bantam? Not even like Bantam weight? Like 135? Nope. Not a hey. chance. Hey! Uh, he's so McGregor, scary, though. McGregor retiring, he seems pretty washed up. Maybe she, oh, yeah. she could take his ass. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll stay retired. I'm sure. Yeah, he's not just doing this to get get another bag. <laughs> I hate that prick. I I hate him. But I, 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 that's going to be so unpopular for like all 15 people who listen to this because he's he's so popular, but he's so polarizing. I can't stand that guy. I I was really pulling for Cowboy Cerrone and their uh, fight in the winter time, but yeah, whatever. Square had an argument at work today with my boss, and we we said in a fight of Jorge and Connor, who wins? Who do you have? Jorge would beat the fuck out of him. It wouldn't even be close. I, I said the same thing, and my boss's reasoning for why Connor would be in the fight is because he stayed toe to toe with Floyd. Oh my God. Right, Masvidal—that's a slaughter. Yeah, Masvidal would. I think I, I think Connor might get like ser- like seriously hurt. First of all, Connor's fought at one seventy. I think one time. That's where Jorge naturally fights. He get his shit rocked. Wouldn't even be close. Get his shit rocked. But that's a that's a conversation for another day. Um, only thing I got. NASCARs this weekend. It's at a super speedway. You can throw all the fucking odds out the window. You really have no idea who's going to win. You might as well bet on a long shot. Clint Boyle driving the barstool car. Give or, me or or Denny Hamlin. Oh yeah. <laughs> 20, 22 to one. Oh that that'll be my pick for this weekend. But I'll, I'll barstool cars twenty two to one. Barstool cars twenty two to one. Employer, let's go. I'm in. <laughs> So it sounds like we did. Gotta, you see the car? It looks sweet. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. So it sounds what like super we have a few picks here for this weekend. Talladega. Oh, is that the hey guys, big one track? Yeah, it's two and a half miles. It's the one where Ricky Bobby won that one time. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> guys, can I bring this up? When was the last time we've had like four picks in one show? I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Sports are so back. February, maybe. It had to have been. Johnny, Johnny, he's going to have some soccer parlays for you yes. to throw on. Uh, he'll tweet them out on Saturday. So if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter at so you can just cash in or lose incredible amounts of money because guys, sports are back. You just gave out the complete wrong Twitter handle. You gave out the right one. Bleep that. Bleep. Yeah. 
I was on their page looking at stupid tweets. (laughs) (laughs) All right. To all 15 of our listeners, unfollow those guys are frauds. They lie about their handicaps. Do not follow them. We're at Fade Us Pod. (laughs) There you go. I'm going to bleep out every single time you said that. Hey, but fuck from Barstool. (laughs) The rest of Barstool is cool, but fuck. I'm going to bleep that out too. (laughs) Just to spite you. Just to Oh, yeah. that, that's going to do it for this week's episode appreciate everybody tuning in listening we have sports back we'll have more picks week in week out from here on out might start try to recording on Wednesdays too so we can give out some golf picks as well that way we get it out before the end of the I week agree with so. but thank you to our eight listeners we appreciate it and uh, we will talk to you guys next week peace